0: Hello and welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. Today with me is Courtney Williams. She is the head of operations at Qualsites. And we're going to have a pretty interesting conversation here, Uh, maybe a little bit of a different direction than we've gone in the past. But um, you're going to love to hear a little bit about Qualsites. You'll hear about that. And uh, of course, the word that we hear pop up all the time of, agility is going to come into play in this episode. And Sites is really a strong choice for clients when they need insights that dive deeper, but do it at scale. And isn't that the push for, uh, for actual agile insights? So Courtney Williams, welcome to Ponderies from the Purge. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Priscilla. Well, this is one piece of, of the puzzle of market research that I love to talk about, which is your favorite to talk about, and that is the people at the heart of consumer opinion. So we're absolutely <laughs> going to spend almost all of our time talking about that. But before I do, let me give you a fair shake and you tell people what it is you're doing at QualSites right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, I am heading up operations at the organization and it's it's kind of like, you know, the proverbial building the engine while you're in flight because we are rapidly growing and expanding and and trying to make sure that I have processes in place and structure built so that we're able to handle the growth um, as we scale up. So really the focus of the organization is a visual insight platform um, providing very fast ways to generate insights is is wonderful, but my focus is on building the machine that allows
0: our people to handle those projects on behalf of our clients. Hmm, I love it. So where you and I connect is in the sense of really understanding that the bar of gold in this (laughs) entire industry um, is resting on obtaining consumer opinion and analyzing it. Okay, duh, everybody knows that. The problem is that in the race to agility, so many companies got focused on the outcome of their projects and got focused on making it quick that it seems like the actual consumer has gotten left out of, um, of any of the improvements. So tell everybody here about where you and I connected on this, about your life's work to really be a good steward of the people who participate in the collective research that's being done.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So very, very early days in my career, um, gosh, almost 20 years ago now, I started to really recognize that, that, that this is the fuel. These are the folks who participate in research uh, represent our industry in ways that cannot be replaced. If people do not raise their hand and say, hey, I'm willing to give you my opinion and we don't treat them well and then they leave, what happens is essentially at the end of the day, Priscilla, we all lose a job and we, all, we can't feel the answers to the business questions that companies are trying to decide and action on, at least not in the foreseeable future. Um, There are obviously some folks who are doing a lot of great work on artificial intelligence, machine learning, and all that kind of thing to try to help replicate consumer opinion. But at the end of the day, without those people who are willing to take the time to react to the business problem that you have and provide their opinion, um, we're, we're not going to have jobs or roles or an industry to build on.
0: Well, I'm going to ask a hard question and, and, and don't take this and I'm putting you in the hot seat, but reflect a little bit on the industry because the reality is you have been in this industry for a long time. And even yeah. if you think back to your work at Lucid, you were really in the middle of where panel was going and, and what sample providers were thinking. And so I'm not really asking about um, trash talking anyone particular in the industry or any, like any place you've been or any place you anybody you've talked to in, in conferences. <laughs> I'm really thinking more of your opinion from your many, many years of looking down on it. Do you feel like it's that the consumer's being neglected? Is it worse? Are they being abused or are they just being ignored? Like where do you come in on that spectrum?
1: Oh, that's such a good question. And, and, and the truth is no matter where, in my opinion. No matter where a person is in this industry on that scale of opinion to react to that question, we can do better. No matter what you're doing, you can do a better job. It doesn't matter if your seat is one of a custodian of a panel, a panel provision company, or some other type of asset management to provide the uh, people who will respond to market research, or if you're the one who's writing the surveys or the interview guides or the in-depth interviews, et cetera, the focus groups who are going to have these people come in and react. It, It does not matter where you are. If you're the technology platform that's creating the survey experience that people are going to program where where consumers or respondents, if you will, come in and they answer the questions themselves. Whatever your part is to play in this, you and we can all do a better job taking a little extra time really thinking about
0: the world through the lens of the person who participates in research. You know, that's interesting that you, I love how you put the responsibility on everybody. Everybody has their hands somewhere in this pie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I love what you're saying too. All of our jobs are dependent on it, which is kind of a funny uh, thing for me because, you know, I come at it not inside market research, but from marketing outside. And when I first started playing in the market research space, I realized they had an incredible disdain for marketing. And I was like, well, that's interesting because your entire job is predicated on marketing. And the people in marketing need the market research. And yet they kind of hated the, you know, they kind of like looked down on marketing. And I'm like, this is such an interesting reflection. And I now I'm seeing it again with the way that quant is looking at the consumer. And so I guess my question here is, in, in the middle of your career, really, there has been a big thrust in, I'd say, the larger Business community to really take this perspective that you've had for a long time, which is that consumer experience. What's mm-hmm. the customer experience like? What 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 are they doing? And and really now this has become cool, or maybe it's table stakes. I mean, you can't really you know engage it as you know the director of operations or or any role now without really thinking that through. Mm-hmm. So you are ahead of your time in in that in that regard, but. Because it's now become, I would say, quote, unquote, mainstream, this idea of talking about the consumer experience, have you seen within MR, have you seen a shift or at least a willingness in the industry to address this real change? Like when you're saying that to me that everybody has a part, do you feel like you're getting pushback or do you feel like people are welcoming this conversation?
1: Oh, I definitely feel like people are much more open and amenable to the conversation in many, many ways. You can take the example, if you will, of the market researcher who's been doing this a very long time and has been frustrated over and over and over again by having people who don't pay attention or trying to cheat their survey for incentives or straight up trying to, you know, enact fraud in order to steal from them. And that's a really bad experience that will that will make you have a poor reaction over time. But I would suggest that that is probably somewhat of a minority situation in the grand scheme of the total annual turnover revenue, if you will, in this industry worldwide, Mm -hmm. by and large, what I have seen over the course of time is we're trying to get smarter about it. We're trying to get smarter about how we identify the poor actors so that we can treat the good actors better. And that has been evidenced by um, all of uh, just various different um, organizations trying to, um, do things like and I don't necessarily want to name drop that's why I'm kind of hedging here for <laughs> a little bit. but there are some really good people in this industry who are working very hard to validate authenticity of a human being coming in to take a survey and that work is getting better it's getting more intelligent and and so on and and beyond that what we then see is that the consumer experience is being thought through very, very well by a lot of the large programming companies. So if you think about all the different survey instruments, survey programming instruments that are available online today versus where they were 10 years ago, um, and, and I will use a couple of names and you can edit or not this out, but you know, you think about what where confirm it was and where they are, where decipher was and where it is, and, and monkey Survey Gizmo, Question Pro, all of these players that are out there. And if, if you think about the environment, not only to be a practitioner trying to program in that environment 10 years ago versus today but also from the lens of the respondent or even the, the, the person who is um, doing the analysis, the entire experience and workflow has gotten better the access to people has gotten better. The technology that enables us to get to people has gotten better, no matter how you look at, whether that's at a marketplace or a proprietary panel situation, et cetera. So I think the technology has definitely been our friend, but also the friendliness through which we look at these people has increased over time, respecting that if we recognize that we are competing with their ability to do anything on the internet for their time to give us their opinion, We have to compete. And I think that a lot of folks are really recognizing that and have for some time at this point. Yes, I would agree.
0: Mm, And so really the rising up will come from the actual consumers to demand a better experience.
1: Absolutely. You know, if people just vacate the area and you don't have anybody to recruit, what are you going to do? I think you're going to treat them better,
0: don't you? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I gotta tell you, this is a podcast where we can name drop. So let me just start. Okay. <laughs> so so this is this I love where I love where you're going on this conversation. So just for example, I think even from the gambit, you look at you know, either providers or you know, or you know, MR professionals or even end clients, I think of like Keith Rensler, I think of Mary Beth Weber, I think of mm. Michael Lancor, people who are making a call to say hey, if we don't treat this consumer right, they are going to leave in droves and they really should rise up in revolution to demand that we do things better. So, you know, I know that you've been a part of those conversations too. we heard about it on Green Book's, uh, um, the um, IIEX Forward. These, these have been conversations that are happening. I know Lisa Wildney brown over Innovative InnovateMR mm-hmm. is a big proponent. And then we have... Um, Gosh, I think about it. Andrew Cannon over at GRBN is an organization really trying to push for it. So I think you're in very, very good company. I guess my question for you is, how do you think this relates to the incentive piece? Now, there's the experience piece of what they're on, but what are your thoughts about how people are paid and what kind of what could we do better there? When you call everybody and say, look, we all could do better across the board is there something that sticks out to you like in the incentive realm wow that's a big big
1: topic you know the first thing i <laughs> started thinking about as you said that was how many different ways people are incentivized to participate mm, today right versus when i got into this industry there were very few ways and it was kind of a dollar to dollar, but not really comparison because nobody really wanted to pay real cash. And, uh, and, 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 and today you have, you have points for games. You have, um, discounts on other products that, that com- same company might own. That's, that's, that's monetizing that asset in those people you have cash payouts. Um, you have, you have every single kind of thing that you can think of that people have tried to be very creative and come up with. And then you mm-hmm. also have the motivation on the respondents behalf as well. Like, what is it that motivates them to answer that survey? Because I can promise you, and i know, 100% understand that I am jaded and biased about this, but I am never going to take a survey for dollars. I'm just not doing it. And I know a whole lot mm. of people have expressed that same opinion in research on research that I've been a part of or read about, I know that Lisa, you, you suggested earlier and Mary Beth, they've done a lot of work in this field understanding what motivates people to take surveys. And what, what we have found by and large across the board is that it, it isn't always dollars. And so this, this argument that we get caught up in having this, this discussion about not paying people enough money to take surveys, yes, that is true. That's almost a duh statement in my opinion. Um, But are we motivating them to take surveys in a way that makes sense to them and the lens through which they're looking at it? And in some cases, the answer is emphatically yes. And in others, it has nothing to do with the incentive. It's the opportunity to be a participant, to share their opinion, to be an expert, to have their voice heard. How many times have you taken a survey because you had an outstanding experience and you just want to take care of the person who took care of you, who made you feel the way that you did versus how many times do you take a survey because you had a really cruddy experience and you know what, you just want to complain about it. These things happen. And we need to think about that. We need to think about how it's not just dollars. (laughs) It's all kinds of other things as well. To the heart of your question about, are we paying people enough to take surveys? We've never paid people enough to take surveys. That
0: has (laughs) never happened
1: in my opinion. Hmm.
0: Mm. Well, my question wasn't really, you know, do we pay enough? It was more about like, where is the incentive piece going with CX? Because like, I love Mm. what you just said, I really resonated with it about, sometimes you're very motivated by trying to give someone kudos, really, is where that comes Mm -hmm. down to. And I remember my own experience standing in Target one time, I got such excellent care from someone. I'm like, dang it, I am going to take this survey and, you know, I'm going to tell them what, and I was so excited about the person's name. I mean, literally just went the nth degree for me, you know, and that, Mm. that is what we're looking for. Not just to incent the person who's so ticked off. Right. I'm not joking. And I I do remember because obviously I'm in the field. It was a Qualtrics survey and I remember it being so cumbersome. I gave up. I literally (laughs) gave up. Instead, I went home, wrote a letter to the local store, told the manager, you know, how great this person was. I'm like, I just can't do it. Well, good for it you
1: was... for going above and beyond though. How many people do you think have actually done that? Like I have they lost don't. opportunity.
0: Yeah,
1: myself. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. But, and I don't do it all the time either, but it was just like, you know, it's really painful when you're inside the industry to have that kind of experience. And I'm just going, oh my God, whoever wrote this is just an idiot. In terms of (laughs) consumer experience, this was so painful for me, even though I was absolutely motivated, you know, Mm. to do it. (laughs) And, you know, we all have these war stories about, you know, what, what works and what doesn't. But um, I do love where you're coming at it from saying we all can do better on some things. Let's take a short break. Conducting global research, marketing your brand to a multilingual audience with translation, transcription, voiceover, and subtitling services in over 75 languages will make the connection to your audience in their own language. Get the linguistic accuracy you expect with the cultural nuance you need, all tailored to your needs with friendly service. Try multilingual connections. Mention Little Bird Marketing for $100 off your first project multilingualconnections.com. So let's talk about, um, I, and I want to give you a little bit of uh, a chance to talk about qual sites. but in your day-to-day, you're, uh, you know, you're an operations manager, so you actually do have it within your scope to make things better for the consumer, but, you know, how do you go about implementing these ideals, or maybe even just talking about them in the office? What's your take?
1: Yeah, ab- absolutely. We have to consistently share philosophy and why and context about why we feel the way we do as experts in this topic. You know, I, I, I want to just take a quick step back and say that I have always maintained that one of the only ways that respondents truly have to vote about the quality of your survey is quitting. So please be paying mm. attention. Please be paying attention to your abandonment rate and where it happens in your activities, because that will tell you volumes. And, and, and yes, yes, in my role at Qualsites, you know, one of the things that I am focused on is, is recruitment partnerships. So I, I, I am tasked with finding companies who do a really good job of recruiting people for qualitative types of exercises, right? And um, my philosophy in that is, yeah, is, I'd like to see uh, how, how that looks when we run a test with you through a guide that would recruit Uh, somebody who will participate in research. But it's on us in that moment to always consult on the guide itself. If it's a terrible experience, that guide that we get from our clients who want to recruit people to take take part in our research, we drop the ball. and, And there's so much going on. I mean, I can't tell you how many hours a week you're working, right? Like right now with with this high, high growth environment that I'm in, I'm blowing and going all the time. And it would be very easy to just say, yeah, whatever. I'm just going to ask the question. They'll deal with it. That is the moment that you cannot do that. That is the moment where you must take a step back. You must be responsible. You must be a good custodian. You must preserve the future by saying, that's a really poor question for someone to be exposed to. Let's talk about it. And replicate that mm-hmm. across across the team and across the culture at your individual companies.
0: Okay, well, I'm going to say something you weren't expecting me to say, but I have to say that you're saying things that a lot of people give lip service to. But <laughs> I would just say, if people don't believe what Courtney is saying right now, you should go read her, the people who have recommended her over many, 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 many years in, on LinkedIn. You have worked <laughs> across this, uh, across this uh, field You know, over many years and I rarely bump into someone who has as many recommendations as you do and so many of them come around this place of really thinking about it from the from the consumers uh, part and about stopping and being insightful. And that really comes out on what people say about you. And obviously we met through people who, you know, whose opinion I, you know, appreciate. But I say Mm -hmm. that at the end of this, not to just, you know, so that you'd be my new best friend. But I say (laughs) that because I do think it's important to understand that it's one thing to feel this way in the industry and make a call to action. It's another thing to basically have been dropping breadcrumbs for your entire, uh, you know, for your entire career. So hats off to you for that. But Courtney, I have to say, I appreciate you coming on here and talking with us about this. I think we have to keep this conversation going when we're at, when we're at conferences, when we're online, etc. But I want to, just as a thank you to you, also give you a chance to tell us about, uh, about sites. So, you know, with this, obviously, they, they came and sought you out because you have this mindset of really making things better every day, that it's your responsibility. So tell us about Qualsites. What is better about it?
1: Sure, sure. It was a, um, the word has been a little overused lately, but it was truly a serendipitous moment for me. Um, I had been in very advanced discussions with another very well-respected organization and um, was about to make a very different move in my career and then I met uh, our CEO, nahal Levani, um, virtually, of course. Through and Matt Gershner, who I've worked with since 2006, off and on, right? So, yeah. so Matt said, you need to speak with this person. You you have to. You must do it. And I went, okay, yeah, sure, Matt, I'll 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 do that. You know, you're in a <laughs> circumstance where everybody's trying to give you an opportunity to be exposed because they care about you, and, and it's super humbling, and and it, and it's hard to be rejected over and over again. But you take the call and you do the thing, and you take the call and you do the thing, and you don't quit. Um, that's the advice, by the way, that I would give to my many many friends who are in this uh, job hunt circumstance right now. Um, and I had that call. And with 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 Nahal on a Friday and, and by Sunday, we had decided this is what we were gonna do because the click was so intense. It was such a perfect fit and it was so exciting to have the opportunity to really build something that touches on every bit of experience that I have had in my professional career up until this moment um, is just something I couldn't step away from. And if there was going to be a time in my life that I was going to take a risk with a startup or an organization that is just about to move out of that phase into a more aggressive phase, this is it. And so, you know, I had the family conversation, my husband got on board and we went, yeah, let's do it. And and, and look, it's, it's only been six weeks, but I have to tell you, it is an incredible experience and i just i wish the same and i for everyone that that i have worked with in the past but also i'm trying to create jobs for all of us too so that's <laughs> that's what we're doing
0: that's what we're doing i here. love it I love it. Well, you can check them out at qualsites.com. It's really pretty simple, and um, I rarely have someone on my uh, on my podcast whose name is really easy to spell. So I don't need to spell Courtney Williams out. If you <laughs> want to find her on LinkedIn, you certainly can. But this is such an important conversation. So let's keep that going, and let's. Why don't you reach out if you're interested in this conversation? Reach out to Courtney, and let's just you know tag me on it on LinkedIn. I'm happy to weigh in as well and pull more people in. But it, I love this idea that we're all in this idea of quality and improving the industry together because you know truly you know a, a rising tide does lift all boats and if we lose that consumer we lose the then we lose the actual industry um, mm-hmm. in a very interesting way so courtney williams thank you so much for being on ponderings from the perch it is such a pleasure i appreciate the invitation and you have a great rest of your week priscilla Awesome. From all of us here at Little Bird Marketing, have a great day and happy marketing.